The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh dear brothers and sisters. My name is Ismail, your brother in Deen. And you are tuned in to Inspire FM 105.1 listening to the Welcome to Islam show. This show is a platform for new Muslims and for people who are thinking of accepting Islam. So please do get in touch if you are a revert, convert, a new Muslim. However you would like to address yourself, please do get in touch with us because we want to hear from you. We want to hear if you're going through any challenges or your or inspiring story as well. For today's show, inshallah, we will play the part two of the webinar that we played, you know, weeks ago of a, a webinar uh, organized by Islamwise on the topic of Beginner's Guide to Knowledge, which was aimed at new Muslims. And this was uh, done by Sheikh Abdul Rahim McCarthy. For part one of the show, you can refer back to our podcast where all the episodes are recorded. We found this uh, lecture to be quite beneficial, so we would like to share this with you, inshallah. So without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to it. To know. I know this time, I remember a brother came and, and one of the sheikhs, he was from Saudi Arabia, and a student came to him and he said he wants to talk about different issues of manhaj, methodology, and different groups and different this. And it's important to know these type of things, to know, what, I mean, to, to, to know to stay away from the groups that have gone astray, no doubt. But he, he, he said, I want to debate you. He came to the sheikh, he said, I want to debate you about issues of methodology. So the sheikh says, he said, okay. He said, I have one condition. He said, what is that? He said, read to me, a correct recitation with proper tajweed. He said, if you can read to me this surah, which is Amma, which any Muslim who knows the, the basic fundamentals of Islam should memorize and know how to read it correctly. He said, then I'll, I'll, I'll debate with you. You can debate with me if you want. They said, uh, uh, said, no, 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 it's not fair because I, I want to debate. Yeah, the, the miskin, he couldn't even read the Qur'an properly, probably didn't even memorize the surah. And here, he wants to come and debate about big issues with, with this shaykh. So even though, it, it's, like we said, it's important to know not to go, to go astray and things like that, but if you want to come and debate with somebody, you should know the basics of your deen first before you want to come and debate with somebody. So we need to know the basics before the bigger things. The second principle is that we stay away from the less beneficial knowledge. We focus on the principle, we said the small things, and we stay away from things that might not be that important to us. We focus on what is really important. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. That. We focus on the knowledge that we need, and we leave away the less important things. Because what happens sometimes, shaitan, it's one of his traps, by the way, pay attention to that. It's one of the traps of shaitan, that he comes and he fools us. He comes and he fools us to what? To focus, Now we get online, we're looking, Islam Q&A, Islam Web, yeah, we got both of them now. The scholar said, the Hanafi said this, and the Maliki said this, and the Shafis and the Hanbalis, and we're getting into it. Sheikh Islam Timiyah said this, and, and we don't know the basics. And it might be an issue that really doesn't concern us in our lives. It's something we're not, we don't need in our day and night, as Imam Malik said. We have to pay attention to this. Imam, uh, Imam Ahmed, a man came up to him, and he asked him about making wudu with the water that the green peas at Basin has been soaked in. Green peas, all of us know the green peas that we eat. It's, they, they, they're, they're hard in the beginning, so you soak them in the water. What's going to happen to the water? The color is going to change and to become a green. So is it permissible for us to make wudu from this water or not? How realistic is this, is this issue? How many of us in our night and day, we're going to come in the house and we can't find, oh, there's some green, green pea water. Let me go make wudu from that. Unless that's what you do for a business, you, you, you sell green peas, you're probably not going to need to know that answer. Imam Ahmed, being the alim was Rabbani, who teaches the people what they need to know from the ilm, he asked him two questions. He said, He said, what do you say when you enter into the bathroom or the toilet area? And he said, La adri. He said, he said, what do you say when you enter into the masjid? He said, I don't know. He said, go learn what you need to know first and then come back and ask me about making wudu from this water where the green peas have been soaked. Because you don't need to know that. You need to know as a Muslim how many times a day 
You enter into the, into the toilet, use the toilet. And you're not, you don't have the protection from the sunnah that you need to go in and to learn uh, and, and to say the sunnah when you enter and when you leave. When you enter the masjid, how many times a day you leave, you're not saying the, the, the dua or the dhikr that's sunnah to say. These are the things you need to know. Focus on the basics that you need to know first and leave aside the knowledge that you might not need. It's a very important principle. After that, when it comes to starting now, there's different levels. We're going to start with level one, and we'll go up to level five very briefly, inshallah ta'ala. The key, my brothers and sisters, if we really want to gain knowledge, is that we focus on the fundamentals and the basics. Anything in life that you do, if you know the fundamentals, the fundamentals will stay with you and you can always build. And I'll give you an example with myself and two things. When it comes to basketball, I don't really play basketball anymore, but I used to when I was young. But if I were to go back anytime, I could go back and I could be a, a pretty good player. I might play half court these days than a full court <laughs> with the cardio. But anyways, I can go back and I can be a, a good basketball player. Why? Because I have the fundamentals. I used to go wake up at 5 a.m. as a young man and I would go in with my coach around 5.45 every day and we would, we would train for an hour and a half before school. And he would have me under the basket shooting and all of this. So I know how to shoot. I know the fundamentals of how to shoot. I know all the fundamentals of the game. So if I go back to it, I can always get back into it easily because of knowing the fundamentals. When I started doing BJJ and doing jiu-jitsu, I struggled in the beginning, but then one of my coaches who sat with me and taught me the fundamentals, he said, this is why you're making a mistake. This is why people are passing your guard because you're doing this. Now, I'm much better. He said, once people get on top, he said, you, you, you need to know how to breathe. Do this. Alhamdulillah, now, if someone gets on top of me, and it's not easy to pass my guard as easy as it was anyways. I'm not great, but I'm learning, alhamdulillah. And it's, I'm much better in, in, in keeping my guard. And if someone gets past the guard, I'm very relaxed now because of what I've learned, of learning the fundamentals. But if you don't learn the fundamentals in anything, then you're not going to be successful. So that's generally in life. And the same thing we implement when it comes to knowledge. So if we say level one, what should we do? Because we have with us now new Muslims. We have us brothers and sisters who were born Muslims, but they want to know what is, we're talking about the beginner's guide to seeking knowledge. We want to start with level one. The basic things that we need to know, first of all, we start with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we need to, when it comes to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we mentioned in level two, we need to go out of the norm. Because unfortunately, we find every time, any, even with scholars, wallahi, it's focusing on hadith and fiqh and aqidah, Arabic grammar, all of these things. We don't focus enough on the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh al-Islam and when he, was about to, uh, when he was about to pass away, what was the one thing that he regretted? I'm going to mention inshallah ta'ala when we get to level two inshallah. The key that we start with is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We start with being able to read the Quran properly, the proper tajweed and the makharij. The key thing, the most important thing is the makharij, that we have the proper pronunciation and then the proper tajweed. And then after that, we come to understand the basics. To understand, alhamdulillah, like I said, we, you can go back to things in English now. It's online, you can find it. If you go to Quran.com, you can see the word for word on the, on, the, on the top. You click on word for word, you can go through it letter by letter. And you understand, there's no excuse. You say, I don't have a teacher, I don't have this. We have, we have alhamdulillah, the books of tafsir also that are translated. The tafsir of Ibn Kathir, the tafsir of Imam al-Sa'adi now has been translated. All of these great books we have that are translated, alhamdulillah, you can benefit from understanding the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These levels I'm talking about, my brothers and sisters, obviously the key and, the, and the, the, the main way to do it, the way of the scholars, is that we study with scholars. We study with scholars. But unfortunately now, if we want to be honest, most of us in most places in the world don't have scholars to study from. Or if there are scholars, that they're busy. They don't have time because they're involved in so many other things and they're working in this. So we can't truly benefit from them to study with them from the Quran and the Arabic and the Fiqh and the Aqil, all of these things that we need, we, we, we're not able to study with them. So we're going to have to make some effort on ourselves. Alhamdulillah, there are some institutes online when it comes to university levels, the likes of um, uh, the Islamic uh, uh, online university with Dr. Bilal. And then you have the other ones, I think it's, it's Knowledge International, I believe, KIU, I think it's called, <clears throat> in Saudi Arabia, that's also pretty good. Uh, you have also the Medina International University, but that's only in Arabic. I don't think they, have, they don't have English. So but there are options, especially if you learn Arabic, to learn at a university level. There should be small institutes. One of the brothers and myself are working on establishing something now to put online for these basics in Shalom Ta'ala. We haven't I mean, uh, finished yet. Alhamdulillah, also, I know some other organizations are working on things similar. So we should have these type of things online and available, hopefully, inshallah, soon. Unfortunately, it's not 
really available now. So a lot of it comes back to our own personal efforts. And this is what I'm focusing on these levels. And if you can find scholars to read to, especially when it comes to the Quran, you have to find someone to read to. And when it comes to the Quran and Arabic and these things, it's not very difficult. Pay attention, brothers. It's not very difficult in most places in the world um, to find individuals who, are, who, who can teach you the Quran. And it, we have a brother with us now, uh, or sister, I don't know, from Puerto Rico, who's with us on, on the thing. Maybe there, I don't know, what's the, what's the Muslim community there? Do they have the ability? Maybe they don't. Some places in the world, maybe it's different. I'm here in Waterford, Ireland. Uh, not too many people, if I want to go and learn Quran in, in Arabic, but there are some opportunities. I could learn if I really wanted to uh, from certain individuals who have the ability. So when it comes to Quran and Arabic, there's always a way in Shalotara where you can find more, maybe easier than other sciences in Shalotara. Because we have many Muslims around the world who know Arabic and who are very, very good when it comes to the Quran. So we can benefit from them when it comes to that. So we start with the Quran. And then we start with the Arabic. After that, we have to understand the Arabic to the best of our ability. And so I'm going to tell you a story about a sister, a revert sister who I know. May Allah bless her, mashallah. She came and, and he, her Arabic is, is, is it's a good level. It could be better now, obviously. But when she started, she focused a lot. Obviously, uh, a lot of our revert sisters, they become married and they become busy with their kids and, and uh, with their husbands. And we take all of their time as the husbands as well. So they don't any, maybe have as much opportunity sometimes to learn when they get later. But this sister, in the beginning, when she had more free time, she learned how to read the Quran properly very high level of pronunciation of the Quran. And she teaches her children. Her children, mashallah, have won different musabaqat um, or different Quran competitions. Even though they're non-Arab, they're non, they were coming from the West, but mashallah, her, the, the mother, she learned the Quran properly and she taught them along about it. Even when it comes to Arabic, she understands the basics of Arabic, she understands the basics of the Quran because she took the time and effort to learn those basics and that benefited from her and her deen and benefited her family as well. After the Quran and the Arabic, the third thing we want to focus on is the basics of Aqidah. Learning the basic fundamentals of Aqidah. And I'm going to give some different suggestions about different books and things like that that I would recommend just to learn the basics. I'm not an expert when it comes to the available books um, online in, English, in the English language because I, I don't read a lot in English. I do have a lot of English books around me, but I don't read them all the time unless I'm teaching them usually. I, I usually read in Arabic. But... I'll give you some things that I think are beneficial from what's been translated, uh, inshallah ta'ala. So we're going to start with the basics in Aqidah. A book like this would be very beneficial. The Tenets of Faith by Sheikh Al-Muthaymeen, uh, rahimahullah ta'ala, the Aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah. This, this book, which al Hidayah, our brothers in, in Birmingham, they printed it very good, uh, about 90 pages, in small pages. You can read through this, alhamdulillah, a uh, very, very good book to, for, for level one. In, in Aqidah. And then we go through the basics of fiqh. Fiqh is going to be a bit more difficult to understand the fiqh if you don't have um, a teacher to teach you. And that's why really you need something uh, online uh, to be able to, to you know study fiqh properly. I do have, inshallah, hopefully uh, in 2019, I'll be having a weekly lesson in fiqh. Uh, it will be on my YouTube and my Facebook page, inshallah ta'ala. So hopefully, inshallah, that can be, help some brothers and sisters. Some books I can recommend and see if I have something in English that could be beneficial. Uh, there's one book I don't see. Uh, this book could be good, for example. Um, here, uh, good translation. Uh, you can see the, the book of fiqh. It was translated by Sheikh Jamaluddin Darabozo. There's a very good book in, in fiqh. Uh, it's a concise, you know, uh, abridged version of, of the fiqh. And the good thing about this here is he mentions the things and they mentioned the, the ayat and the hadith inside as well. So it makes it very user-friendly. Another way, which is in a question that it'll probably come, should I study from a different madhab? Should I study from like a different madhab? For example, I studied the, the, the books and I, I, I don't know, look, look around here. So for example, for me personally, uh, when I studied fiqh, I studied the Madhab of Imam Ahmed. I studied some Maliki fiqh as well, and I studied fiqh muqar and all, all Madhabs in university. But here's the main book that I study with my sheikh, which is the, the, these four volumes here, the explanation of Zad al-Mustaqna, and this is the explanation of Sheikh Salih Ozan. This has been translated in English as well. It's very, very good. Um, this, this really helped me with my fiqh. And this is what I study with my, my, my sheikh uh, in Medina, uh, the, the, the explanation of Zad al-Mustaqna. And then we have, I don't know if you can see it or not, on, on the screen it shows up. Here on the top, the explanation of Sheikh Al-Uthaymeen on the top here in 15 volumes. This is the, uh, also the same explanation of, of the same book 
which I um, which I have uh, uh, which I have here on the top as well, which we go through when it comes to the books that we study in fiqh. Now, there's other books that have been translated into English, and I'll, I'll give you like two examples I have here on the side. Uh, okay, here, here's a very good book that was translated, Bidayat al Abid. This is in Hanbali fiqh. I'll give you examples. Uh, and if you're in a, from a Hanafi country or a Maliki country, it's different. Here's the Hanbali Acts of Worship, Aqsara uh, Muqtasarat, also a very good book, translated. Now, the only issue here is that these books, even though they're very any, any it's beneficial, many of the scholars, they, when they started studying the books of fiqh, they, they, they recommend going through the Medhab way because it's the more traditional way of teaching and learning. It's, um, the only issue is, is that the wordings they use and uh, the type of, you know, sometimes the way the books are set up, it does make it more difficult to understand. A book like this, as we mentioned, the way it's been written, it's been written by a scholar in our time from Egypt. This makes it, this is why this one's very beneficial. There's another one I can't seem to find it somewhere around here, uh, which is called The um, Fiqh Made Easy, also translated by Sheikh Jamal al-Din Zarabozo. And that was a book written by Sheikh um, Sidlan, uh, who passed away uh, recently. That's a very, very good book. It's very abridged. And I would recommend starting with that, especially if you can get someone who knows fiqh to teach you that book. And that's the book, hopefully, that I'll hear. Oh, here it is. Um, that's, this, this, I would recommend this book. It's very, very good. And it's very easy to understand. If you can see it, uh, fiqh made easy. Very, very good book, alhamdulillah. Uh, very concise. And this is the book, hopefully, inshallah, we'll be teaching online, inshallah ta'ala. Um, the way it's set up, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very nice. You can see even like putting things in graphs and charts here like that. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, many of the scholars now have started to uh, do these type of things to make the, the, the knowledge easier. And we've been, even we're seeing it in Arabic. Let's see if I can find Like For example, the book we studied, Zad al-Mustaqni'a. Uh, the way it's written, it's actually very difficult to understand. And, I, and, and as a student of Medina, even though I know the Arabic language, I struggled until the explanation of Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan came out. But like, for example, you see this uh, Sheikh here, the way he broke it down in, in a different, I don't know if you can see it or not. Um, he broke it down like into, into charts or graphs or like this to make it very easy to understand the fiqh. So with these type of things, and that's why I'm saying these type of books in English, when they're written in, in an easier form of English, it makes it easier to understand than perhaps sometimes the traditional books. And I know some of the brothers, they want to, let's stay traditional, let's stay on the traditional way. And that's good, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. It's, and I do support that. But I think you're going to need any, a lot of help to understand it because it's, it's more difficult. And I took Bilayat al-Abid uh, to, to, to teach it here in my local community. But I found that it, it, people had more trouble with it. And for me, any, I would take an easier book and, and teach them, and they understood it a lot better. So that's, that's my opinion when it comes to understanding the basics of fiqh. When it comes to hadith, to be honest, when it comes to the knowledge of hadith, if we were to come and just uh, understand the 40 hadith of Imam Anawi, even there's many of the explanations have been translated in English. I know Sheikh Jamal Din Zarabozo, he has an amazing book, the, the three-volume one. Uh, you can see here that he did an explanation of this. This is, the, this is the English one I have. There's some other ones that are, that are translated as well. I have the one of Sheikh Muthaymin as well, but I don't know where that is. It's here or in my other library. Anyways, it's, um, that's also translated. So all of these things, alhamdulillah, you'll find and you to, to understand and take time to understand these 40 hadith. And then if we were to add to that, the Riyadh al-Salihin, one of the basic books, and the, 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 the copy of Dar al-Salam, of Riyadh al-Salihin, it has with it small explanations behind the hadith as well, alhamdulillah. So we, if we were to just focus on these two books and hadith, and this we'll find as the basics. We don't, we're not going to need to go any more deep. Even a lot of us who just want to understand the basics of the deen, if they would have just Riyadh al-Salihin and the 40 hadith of Imam al in their life, inshallah ta'ala, it's going to give them khair and barakah. And if they were to focus on that and spend time on it, they're going to find so much khair and so much good and so much barakah and blessings in their life. Alhamdulillah, that's what we need from the hadith. Obviously, level two, you can go deeper, as we'll mention in a minute, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, finding a good book, I would recommend... Uh, the Seerah written by Sheikh Ali Salabi, translated also Dar Salam. Huh? Do love Dar Salam books here. I should, maybe I should get a, a bonus or something if the brothers are. <laughs> no, May Allah bless the brothers in Dar Salam doing a lot of good work and a lot of good, uh, you know, put a lot of things out there in many different languages. May Allah bless them. So these, these basic these books here, Alhamdulillah. Uh, if we have that instead of we focus on that it's more in depth you also have a smaller probably I mean I really, I really like this book it's really beneficial so that's why I recommend that you know, it is a bit more in depth and if we were just to focus on something like that that would be enough in understanding the seerah 
looking at level two quickly. Level two is going to be a bit different. Here we've got some of the basics down. Level two, we're going to focus, we said, on tafsir. <clears throat> we want to go more in depth, understand the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the key. And if we were just to focus our life on benefiting from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, understanding the kalam of Allah, we're going to find so much barakah and blessings in our lives. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah ta'ala, I think somebody's here asking for a list of books. This now, I'm just I mean, by the way, I'm just grabbing from here and there from my, my books or things that are in English, which I think are, are beneficial, inshallah, which I, I'm recommending. Um, the Sheikh al-Islam Taymiyyah, we said that he regretted one thing, and he's known as Sheikh al-Islam, the scholar of Islam. He was so powerful in his knowledge, rahimahullah ta'ala, that he, he mastered all of the four methods in fiqh. He could sit with Maliki scholars, Hanafi scholars, and Shafi scholars and know more of their own madhab than they did themselves. That's how knowledgeable he was. He would sit with the people of Bid'ah and innovation and he knows the, the insides of their madhab and their ideology more than they would know themselves, subhanAllah. Even though he was a humbly scholar, he knew that in fiqh. And even though he was following the way of Al-Sunnah and Jama'ah when it came to the aqidah and the methodology, he knew the other ways of the other ones as well in depth. That's how knowledgeable he was. Rahimullah uh, ta'ala. So Shaykh al-Islam, the one thing that he regretted, he said that I didn't spend more time contemplating, making tadabbur on the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Focusing on the tafsir and understanding the tadabbur, this is where we need to put the most of our focus on, is on the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After that, in level two, we're going to focus on perfecting the knowledge, which is the dubt, and to make it any stronger and perfecting it and taking it to another level. And that's going to happen uh, with two different ways we'll mention. And when we're talking about perfecting, when it comes to the Arabic, we take it to another level where Arabic gets good now at this level. Our Aqidah, we're going to go more in depth now in our understanding of Aqidah. Uh, a book I would recommend for that, I don't think I have it in English, but I do have it in French, I believe. I can't speak French, so my wife's. Uh, but here, the books by Sheikh Omar al-Ashqar, uh, they look the same, by the way. They're all, all written by the International Islamic Publishing House. Even in English, the same ones. Uh, we have it in the masjid, my local masjid here. But this is um, the, French, the French copy. So they have this here, you have the Arkan of, uh, of, of Islam in depth. And even in the university, in the, in the third year, we're specialized in, in my, in my, my um, faculty where I study, Usul al-Din, which is Aqidah, we're specialized in it. This is the main book that we used. And it's the main book, Alhamdulillah, it's translated into many different languages. Sheikh Omar al-Ashqar uh, from Jordan, Rahimahullah ta'ala, who uh, has all of these books. It's, it, I believe it's eight different volumes. There's a six of eight. From Al-Qiyamah Al-Kubra. Is the, the, the French one, he said, the English one is actually the same exact thing, uh, International Islamic uh, Publishing House. So this is any level two aqidah. Um, level two fiqh, we go more in detail. Because in fiqh, I'm, I'm going to give an example in a bit of how to properly study fiqh and the different levels, inshallah ta'ala. So I'll leave that to them. If we want to go more in depth in hadith in this level, we start to study a little bit about uh, the six books uh, of hadith, to know a little bit about Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, uh, know their biographies, know how they, they compile their books, know what's in their books, look at the other four books of the Sunnahs, have some more in-depth knowledge of Hadith, obviously in the level three or four, we're gonna go deeper into those books, inshallah ta'ala. So this is the, what we mean by perfecting knowledge is to go deeper in these sciences. The other things that we mentioned, Sirah and this, and it's probably enough what we took in level one, inshallah ta'ala, if we just keep focused on, we can read this book time and time again. We said there's two ways to properly perfect the knowledge and to make it strong. And that is, first of all, the first thing goes back to two things in itself. First of all, mastering the basics. What we took in level one, we have to continue to read it, continue to revise it. And then we take it to a higher level after that. We take it to a higher level. This is the first thing we need to do. We want to make it. So we, we, we focus on mastering the basics and then taking them to a higher level. That's the first thing. The second thing we need to focus on is Focusing on three areas, focusing on three things, which is first of all being consistent and we don't stop. So we have, just so you understand, we have two uh, titles and then subtitles under them. So the first thing we said, the first thing we're going to master and go to a higher level. The second thing we're going to focus on, we said we're going to focus on three areas. So we have three subtitles underneath. The first one is to be consistent in, in our seeking knowledge. And we talked about that earlier and we don't stop, that we're consistent. The second thing is, we start with the basics before the major issues. And we mentioned that as well. And then the third thing is that we constantly revise. That goes back to the issue of the basics. We constantly revise. We constantly revise. And I remember, subhanAllah, I met some students of a Shafi scholar. 
uh, in Saudi Arabia, and they told me that they had studied the book with the sheikh eight different times. They finished this, this book in fiqh, and they continued to read it again and again until they perfected that knowledge of fiqh by taking it from the sheikh all of those different times. The times that I visited, uh, Sheikh Mbaz, ta'ala, I visited him during times in Ramadan and times before Hajj, and he would always be revising his knowledge. He would go back, the same book, obviously, we're talking about Zahid al-Mustakni earlier, which was his main book as well. He would go back to that, obviously not the explanation that we have here of Sheikh Salih al He would go back to uh, the Hashia of Rawd al-Murbi' by Sheikh Ibn al-Qasim, ta'ala, and he would revise that uh, constantly. And he would have his reader, because he was blind, the Sheikh, he would have his reader read to him. And I saw this time and time again of him revising his knowledge. He was the great scholar, Sheikh Mbaz. When it came to the book, um, the explanation of Sahih Muslim, uh, Sheikh Mbaz, ta'ala, he read this book 60 times. So if you really want to gain knowledge, one of the things is to constantly revise, constantly read time and time again. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. One of the brothers who I know is a very good student of knowledge from Syria, uh, may Allah protect him. Uh, he doesn't live there now, obviously, but then he, mashallah, he's a very good student of knowledge who I met in, in the, the Gulf. SubhanAllah. He um, made a project for himself. He called it, and he said, this is my own thing. I made it, I didn't pick it from any scholar, but I said, I found it beneficial for myself. And I found it very beneficial for myself as well. He called it Mashroor Al-Kitab Al-Wahid. The one book project. What does that mean? For example, we said this is our book in Sirah. This is the book we chose in Sirah, for example. We read this time and time again. So this month is Sirah month for me. So I'm going to read this book. Maybe 10 months from now, I'll come back and I'll read it again. So we have every science, you have one book that you constantly read. That's very, very beneficial, inshallah ta'ala. When it comes to making the bubt of the knowledge and to, and to perfect it and make it sound, you have to go at different levels. So we're going to give an example of fiqh. When it comes to the, to the knowledge of fiqh, you start with something basic. So let's say, for example, I'll give you an example. If I wanted to start al Hanbali fiqh, I said we have two books here. The Hanbali Acts of Worship or Bidayat. Both of these are, are small books. I could start with any of these in Hanbali fiqh. So this will be level one for me. And when I study this, how do I study it fiqh properly? I don't get into all of the ayat and the hadith and all of the different qawaid and principles of the fiqh. To understand, I understand just the basics. I understand just the basics. I understand what is halal, what is haram, what do I need to do? <coughs> Without going to, they say, which is to explain the ibarah, just to understand what the author is saying, to understand the basics. That's all I need at this level. The level, the level two, I'm going to start going into more evidence. What is the verse in the Quran that they use for evidence for this ruling? What is the evidence for, uh, from the sunnah for this? That's when you start to go into the higher level in fiqh. And you start to understand it and to make it any uh, stronger and more sound in Shalotana. Another thing we're going to add in level two is the Ulum al-Ala. The Ulum al-Ala, the first, because the first level is just for basic Muslims. We want to know the basic fundamentals of the religion. Now we're going to become students of knowledge in level two. Our Arabic is there, or we're going into tafsir, we're getting better in our fiqh and our aqidah and all of these things. In the aqidah, we're going to learn a little bit about the different methodologies to stay away from them. It's important that we know what is the wrong path in order to stay away from it as well. But you need to know the right path first, have the foundation, and then you know the wrong path. And that's why if you go back to Sahih Bukhari, the first hadith and the book of Tuhi, which is the last chapter in Sahih Bukhari, uh, the great Sahabi Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, an, he said, so the people would ask the Prophet about the good. He said, I would ask him about the bad because I was scared to fall into it. So it's important, obviously, to know evil ways as well, inshallah ta'ala, when it comes to the correct aqidah, the correct belief, and the correct methodology, inshallah ta'ala. We can also add to this level learning about the history, the history of Islam, which is a forgotten knowledge, which many of the Muslims don't know the history. I gave a lecture recently, which I said, well, even myself, many of the, the information I talked about, I didn't know before I prepared the lecture which is called Heroes of Islam. I believe you can find it on my Facebook page. Uh, but subhanAllah, the thing was is that Allahu Akbar is that we didn't uh, 
we don't we we don't know hardly anything about our history as, as Muslims. And there's so many benefits and so much we can gain from our history if we study our history in Shamutala. Level three, obviously, if you reach this level, that means your Arabic now is fluent and your Arabic is good. You have the basics. So now the sky is the limit. I'm not going to go into detail on levels three and four and five. Because if you have the basics now, if you have the Arabic, then there's so much opportunity. This right behind me, all of these books in Arabic. These are the books of the scholar. You go online, endless, endless lectures that you can study, endless sciences. The problem that we have in English and other languages, you'll never have it if you have Arabic. Alhamdulillah, there's so much you can learn, so many scholars you can go back to, major scholars. Not about now, now, now people in English language, they come back to myself, a, a small student of knowledge, to ask me questions. Where if you have Arabic, you can go to the big scholars and you can take it from them directly and to benefit uh, from them. So this is level three. Once you have the Arabic, we said the skies are the limits. Level four is if you want to become a scholar. And here, obviously, you're going to be focused on mastering all of these things that we studied in the past and taking them all to higher levels, understanding the khilaf, the difference of opinions, and what have you. And level five, perhaps you can be the one who's the mushtahid, who's the scholar who can reach the level of ishtihad, and he can pass the rulings uh, himself. And that's a very, very high level and a very rare level for anyone to reach. But we mentioned it, inshallah ta'ala, as part of the path that if you were to reach that. Inshallah ta'ala, we're going to end now with some of the obstacles which come between us and seeking knowledge. And that in itself needs a lecture. But I'm way over time. I just realized, subhanAllah, that I don't even know if we have time for the Q&A. It'll go back to the, the brothers, inshallah, Islam-wise. I mean, I, I'm cool. I'm fine uh, if, if there's time to do it. But uh, I've taken all the time that was given to me. And I just realized that. So quickly, I'll just mention some things. Obviously, some of the main obstacles which come between us and seeking knowledge is having a bad intention. He said that one of the keys is to have pure intention, proper intention for Allah, bring us closer to Allah, understand our religion, raise the ignorance on ourselves. When it becomes a bad intention, which is to show off, and for people to say, oh, he's a scholar. And we know the hadith about the dangers of showing off with the knowledge. And these are the, from the first people who will be taken to the hellfire and the law, safeguard us. Also, the issue of, of, of not acting upon our knowledge. Once we learn, if we don't act upon it, there's no barakah, there's no benefit. Imam Ahmed Rahimullah Ta'ala said, I never learned anything from Islam or from the Sunnah except for that acted upon it, even if it was just one time. He learned a Sunnah that wasn't a famous Sunnah, he acted upon it to put it into action. So if we want to truly benefit from our, act, from our knowledge, we have to act upon it and put it into action, inshallah ta'ala. Another thing, obviously, wasting time. Many of the things that we have today, it's all wasting time and time. When we, when, when, people say, we don't have time. We have time. We don't organize our time and we don't, uh, benefit from our time or waste our time. If you were just to take the time that you put into your phone a day and put your phone away and stop focusing on things that are not beneficial or things that are less beneficial, then you're going to find time to see now. Just the phone. Just just get rid of the phone or to make the phone be something that's any minimal use. And look now, I can show you all of these different things that come in on WhatsApp. I don't have a clue what's on it. But if I start to read all of this stuff, then I'm not going to be able to what? I'm not going to be able to focus on what's more important for me, which is revising my knowledge, learning more, and to be able to teach others. I won't be able to do it because I'm on WhatsApp and I'm answering and this, and even on the Facebook, I answer all the time. I'll never find time for what is more important. So we have to prioritize, and we have to not waste our time in Shalom Also from the things that come between us is that we wish, but we don't act. Everybody wishes they have knowledge. Everybody wishes to speak Arabic. Everybody wishes to be good in the Quran. But we don't act upon it. And if you really want something, you really want it in life, you have to go for it. You have to strive for it. And, you, and stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Stop wishing and stop wanting and start acting. And I'll tell you, subhanAllah, a brother came to me one time in the UK and he asked me, he said, I've been trying. I said, I start learning Arabic and then I quit. I start and then I quit. And the brother, he's originally Pakistani, born and raised in the UK. And most, not most of them, I mean, a lot anyways, they sometimes they don't just speak English. Sometimes they speak Urdu and even sometimes another language, depending on where Mama and Baba are from. So I asked him, and he said they're from different parts of Pakistan, meaning that he spoke both the language of the mother and the father, and he spoke English. And I said, bro, I said, you have three languages already. So you already have the key to linguistics. It's very easy for you not to learn Arabic. All you have to do is really want it. And they, because he said, teach me this, give me some advice. I said, the key thing for you is to just do it. Alhamdulillah, online you can find, you could say, I don't have anyone to teach me. Online, endless opportunities to learn Arabic. You can go back to the, the Medina program that we study. Um, here, I'll give you an example. The, the book right here. 
the Arabic course. Medina, this is the one we studied in Medina. Been printed. This is also Dar es Salaam. There's other ones that are printed as well. Alhamdulillah, the Arabic course right there. You can you can go online and you find the, the uh, completely taught the, the the same thing that we studied. I was in Denmark a couple of years back. A brother came up to me, blonde hair, uh, blonde beard, pure Danish dude. Mashallah, tabarakallah. He comes up to me, speaking to me in fluent Arabic. Ooh, mashallah, tabarakallah. I mean, really good Arabic. Allah about it. So I assumed right away he studied in Medina like I studied in Medina. So I said, mashallah, where, I know the rest. Where do you study? He said, here in Copenhagen, in Denmark. I said, mashallah, how did you learn Arabic? He said, I, I wanted to do it. I was serious. I learned, alhamdulillah. And this is the reality. If somebody is serious, somebody really wants to learn, they're going to learn, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, after that, just one thing, obviously, I'll mention, Amy, there's many other things, obviously, and obstacles, but just the issue of the environment. If you really want to learn, you have to make sure that you're in, a, in, a, in an environment, being around like-minded people. Surround yourself with like-minded people who want to learn their deen. When you come into their house, you see they have books, they have, uh, they're listening to lectures, they want to learn, they're, they're sending you links, you're sending them links, you're advising one another. You get in that type of environment. You see now that you're, you're, they have a tafsir lesson, they encourage you to have a tafsir lesson. They're memorizing the Quran with the Sheikh at the local masjid that encourage you to go. So you get yourself into the environment. One of the things that really helped us, obviously, was being in Medina. We're in Medina, and all of us are students of knowledge around us, and we're with the scholars. Obviously, that helps you. But even if you, if you can't have that same thing, which is the perfect situation, and pay attention to this, here, <clears throat> brothers and sisters, there's another thing we can mention as an obstacle, is that many people are looking for that perfect situation that perfect scenario, uh, you know, if I can go overseas, when I go overseas, most likely you're never going to go overseas. Realize it. Benefit from what you have in front of you. Go online. Benefit from your local community. If you get the opportunity to go overseas and study, if you get a scholarship, just me like go. But don't wait until it happens. Stop saying, if this happens, do act now. Act now what you have in front of you. Make your own environment. It could be two or three local brothers who are students of knowledge and want to strive and you work together. Put yourself into that environment, and that's how, inshallah ta'ala, <clears throat> you're going to be able to gain. And this is the beginner's guide, inshallah ta'ala, which I, which I believe are the most important things that we need <clears throat> to start on the path, to understand the nature of the path, to know what are the key tools and what are the different levels we need to go at, inshallah ta'ala. We mentioned some of the books that can benefit us. And like we said, online, you can try to benefit from the different things that you have online. Arabic-wise, it's there. Uh, learning Quran, even private tutors is there. You can find things online. Um, like we said, the, the, the manhajiyya, you know, the, the proper methodology and student knowledge, you might have to go to the universities to do that. There are not any that I know of, good institutes that are just like, you know, basic, uh, you know, the traditional way of studying that is online. There are a lot who are working on doing it online. Now, I know that uh, even, like I said, I have some other projects myself. Alhamdulillah, and you're going to find more and more, it's going to start to come out, Alhamdulillah, it's going to start to come out. So once it does, you'll be able to benefit from that as well, inshallah ta'ala. So we'll stop there, inshallah ta'ala, uh, for this. And if there's time, my time is completely finished now. If there is time for a, um, uh, a Q&A session, the admin brothers at IslamWise will let us know, inshallah ta'ala, and we will do the Q&A session. Otherwise, then we will stop. It's up to them, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Um, it's okay with us, guys, inshallah. And I think, alhamdulillah, most of the um, viewers are still, are still logged on. So if you can go through the Q&A uh, tab at the bottom, Sheikh, okay. um, that'd be appreciated, inshallah. So if you click the Q&A tab, you'll see the list of questions. Um, and then as you answer them, you can tick as complete, inshallah. So we're testing, huh? that's the question. Okay, the Q&A session for this webinar, webinar which is um, the Beginner's Guide to Seeking Knowledge. Uh, the first question is, uh, talk. I want to learn Arabic. Oops, that's another question that came in. I want to learn Arabic, Tajweed, and General Islamic Studies. Um, yeah, I think, I think that was answered in the, in the question, inshallah ta'ala. So I, I clicked now what? Answer... Uh, Okay, that, that was done. So how, how, what do you click here now, Khalid, for this one? So if the question is answered, you can click answer live and then done. As you're going through the answers, inshallah. Okay, bismillah. That was answered, that question. Uh, what are some countries other than Saudi Arabia 
uh, one can seek knowledge in also for non-native adult is about to learn Arabic first to memorize Quran. Which one should one focus on? Okay, this is a very important question. It comes a lot. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know a really good place to learn uh, knowledge. I mean, Saudi Arabia is good, but obviously getting there, getting the scholarship, um, getting the visa is very difficult. Egypt, uh, before the new regime, was very good, very open, very friendly to the Westerners. Uh, the case now is not the same. Many of the institutes have been closed. There are some that are still open. There are still some opportunities. Uh, however, uh, it might not be the best choice uh, politically uh, there now. And not just politically, also the fact that many of the institutes that were there before are not there now. So there's not the same opportunities, but there are still some options. Uh, if you want to go hardcore, Mauritania is always a good option. You can learn there, many scholars. Uh, and traditional teaching, but the lifestyle there I think is very difficult for many people who are coming uh, from different places in the world. Sudan is another option. Sudan is another option, uh, but Sudan as well is also, it's, it's a rough camp if you're coming, especially like us from the West. Others might be easy for them, but it is possible as well. Good opportunities uh, there in Sudan. It may, the visa could be, uh, if you get in the university, it's not difficult, but getting there sometimes it could be a bit of a delay. So those are some of the options that I know of. There could be other ones. Morocco, I'm not sure uh, what they have available there, or Jordan, or things like that. Uh, for non-native speakers, I don't know. Uh, for Arabic speakers, obviously, there are opportunities in universities there uh, with scholars as well, inshallah. Um, when it comes to what should I start first with, the Arabic or memorization of the Quran, as an adult, what we need to realize we don't have the option that children have. This is what we need to realize. Children, they haven't reached Baloo, things are not thought upon them. They don't need to know the basics of fiqh and aqidah. I mean, it's important for them to know, obviously, I mean, at this time. But I mean, it's not something that, like us, it's something we have to know. I mean, when it comes to our wudu, but if it's a five-year-old child doesn't need to know I mean, the, the details of wudu and salat that we need to know, obviously. That's, that's the point I'm pointing at. So, and a lot of that we can't, there's certain things we can't put off. We have level one that I mentioned in, in, in the lecture. We need this as, as adults. We need to focus on learning the basics of our aqidah, of our belief, the basics of, of, of our fiqh and our salat, and what we need in our night and day, as Imam Malik mentioned. We need to know these basics. And then after that, we need to um, then uh, learn, obviously, the tajweed and reciting the Quran and the Arabic, all of these things. We have to do it at once. It's going to be more difficult. We're going to need a little bit more time, spread out our time. But we have to put effort and focus on all of these, inshallah. Uh, the next question is, uh, she's asking, how would you know if, no matter what you do, the understanding just doesn't come by this? Uh, what I really mean is someone want her belief is still out of reach. Um, okay. Um, if, if you're talking about understanding and knowledge, and a lot of times, uh, if that's if I understand the question correctly, when it comes to understanding and knowledge, a lot of times it takes you know, it, it could take time more people to understand. One of the great any examples there was a, there was a scholar who mentioned he had difficulty memorizing. He couldn't memorize any uh, at, at first, but he was consistent. He kept pushing and, and pushing himself, pushing himself. Eventually, until what he would uh, he was able to memorize. They said it was a book of poetry, which is two hundred verses of poetry. He memorized it all in one sitting in one night. Because he, he, he accustomed himself and he pushed himself until he reached that level. When it comes to understanding other things, some of us will understand it quickly. I can come down to this Arabic book, Arabic course, and maybe I understood this lesson right away. But I might have to read it, another person might have to read it twice, three times, four times, five times. Even great scholars sometimes, they have difficulty understanding some issues. Shaykh al-Islam he said, sometimes I would have a trouble understanding something. So he would race to the prayer and ask Allah and beg Allah to help him understand that issue. So the understanding will be different. People have to work, work hard on it, and people have to work different at it. And you know, people have different levels of it. It comes easier to some and difficult to others. But whoever strives, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, open the doors for him. Inshallah. Ta'ala. The next question is from Brother Saeed. Uh, is there any limit for an Islamic perspective to how much knowledge one should gain? Obviously, the more you gain, the better. The more knowledge that you gain, the better. Uh, but obviously, we, as we mentioned, we mentioned level one. This is where all of us need to be. We need to know these basic fundamentals that we mentioned in the webinar for level one. And then, obviously, if you can get up to level two and, that, and higher, that's much better. 
and we should continue to constantly learn, as we mentioned, the examples of Imam Ahmed and the scholars who, to the end of their life, were students of knowledge, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, in the day and age, there's n there are so many scholars and they differ in matters. How do we know the valid difference of opinion and what is invalid? For example, scholars say music is halal and people follow this opinion because it suits them. Okay, obviously when it comes to this, it's, it's, it's a difficult for people to understand who to trust and who not to trust. Um, the people who are truly following the Quran and following the Sunnah of our message, of our Messenger وسلم, and following the Sahaba, these are the ones we need to follow. And why am I saying, how can I determine? Because all of them say that, right? But the reality is everyone says it, <clears throat> but not everyone acts upon it. So now when you come, for example, to an issue of the music, and you hear a scholar who says, there's no big deal, uh, you know, this and this, and you hear what they're saying, and it doesn't really make much sense. When you go back to another, another scholar, and he's saying that Allah says this in the Quran, Surah Luqman, here's the verse. And the Prophet said this in Sahih Bukhari. And the four Imams, Imam Abu Hanifa, and Imam Malik, and Imam Shafi, and Imam Ahmed, all of them say that listening to music is haram. Which scholar are we going to listen to now? The one who said, no big deal, it's different. If your intention is this, intention is that, and you just want to listen to it because of this, and, they, and the music, if it doesn't have a bad meaning, yeah, Habibi, if music doesn't have a bad meaning, it's all about love and, and, and committing zina and fornicating, all this. There's not too many music out there with, with good meanings anyways. The point is, is that obviously, when you see someone who's talking, and he, many people talk to talk, but not many of them walk to walk. This is the thing. So when you see the scholar who truly is uh, uh, adhering to the Quran and to the Sunnah, and to the way of the great scholars of Islam, these great four Imams that we mentioned, and obviously before them, the Sahaba, and the Tabi'een, those who followed them, these are the ones, inshallah ta'ala, that we need to follow. And as the scholars mentioned, the Haq, the truth, always has nur, always has light upon it, and the one who is searching for that nur, for that light, he will always find it, and it's upon us to follow it once we find it, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, please, uh, people follow one opinion or one madhab in one matter, and another opinion, another madhab, depending on whatever that suits them. This is very important. That also is, and the last question as well, which is people certainly searching for what suits them. And this, uh, what they call fatwa shopping, is not permissible to do like this. A general person follows one way, one scholar that they follow. If, if something comes to them that they found to be more authentic, then we can take that. There's no problem with that, inshallah ta'ala. But we don't shop for the fatwas. And I'll give you an example between the, the, the two. So let's say, for example, I'm Hanafi. In my fiqh, I'm Hanafi. Alhamdulillah, I follow the madhab Imam Abu Hanifa. No problem. But when it comes now, for example, I go and I see in Sahih Bukhari, the Prophet used to raise his hands before he would go to Rukur. Who raised his hands after he came from Rukur. And I do a bit of research, I ask some other scholars, and I see that this is the madhab, the opinion of Imam Malik and Imam Shaf and Imam Ahmed. They all say, raise your hands at these places. So even though I'm Hanafi, I'm not going to change being Hanafi, but I'm going to raise my hands during this time, okay? Uh, for example, I'm a Maliki, and I found that uh, when I make wudu on my madhab, that after I, 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 I wipe my head, that I take new water, I take new water for my ears when I make wudu. But I find out this hadith actually is not authentic. Hadith is not authentic. And the authentic hadith is the Prophet that he would wipe his head, alayhi salatu wasalam, and with the same water that's still on his hands, but then he would wipe his ears with that. So now, because this I found to be more authentic, and I found the scholars of hadith, who, the major scholars of hadith, they all talked about this hadith being ba'if, about taking new water. So I'm, I'm going to follow that opinion now because I found that. But I'm Maliki. So this is the difference between not searching for the what suits me. What happens now, people follow the, this way, they, they start to follow their whole and desires. So they say, for example, now, um, I'm Shafi, but uh, I want to marry a sister and I don't want, her father won't let me do it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the Hanafi Madhab now, since he doesn't have to have a wali. So this is suitable for me here. Um, uh, the, the four Imams uh, say the music is haram, but there's a, there's, a, there's a quote from Ibn Hazm, and I don't follow Ibn Hazm in anything in the deen, or there's some scholar from the time we live in who I don't follow anything he says, but it's suitable for me because I want to listen to music. Yeah? And I go and I take this fatwa. Um, 
uh, buying a house and mortgage is haram. I know it's haram, but there's some scholar out there that's through. I want to I want to buy a house and mortgage. I'm gonna take this fatwa, and then you start fatwa shopping. This is when you follow your whole your, your desires. And as the scholars have said, that the one who follows his he follows the, the, the he looks for these these opinions. That he's gonna fall into what and the zandaka. You're gonna fall into a form of nifaq, and you're gonna fall away from the path of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah commands us to follow the Quran, to follow the Sunnah, and to follow the scholars. Therefore, we need to follow that which is most authentic and stick to one way and not to be fatwa shopping. This is not permissible. Um, the next question is from Brother Galaxy uh, J3, who said, "How do we, uh, how do we help who can?" We help our children obtaining knowledge for our children. I mean, obviously, our, our children, uh, it's very similar to the way we're going to do it as well. I mean, the, the children, once you teach them the basics, and, and as, as a parent, you constantly remind them. Those of you who follow me on social media, uh, I mentioned, I, I put out today a, a, a little video. It was my, my sons who were reminding me as I was, I was about to go train this morning. And one of my sons, he's seven years old, he came up to me and he said, We listen. To what Mama and Baba says, because we're Muslims. This hamd is something that, that we that we taught him. It's something he studied in his things. He knows this hamd, mashallah, that the fact that and as Muslims, because we're Muslims, we listen to what our parents say. We respect our parents. That's what Islam teaches us. My other son, who's four years, he came and said, "We listen to what Allah says. Allah Akbar. This is the teachings of Islam. And this is how you, you 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 constantly take the opportunity to teach your children the basics, so they have these basics and they can act upon it in their lives. Inshallah, ta'ala. That's all we have time for this week, but the webinar does carry on with the question and answer session. If you're interested, you can visit the IslamWise YouTube channel and listen to the rest of the show. So please do join us for our regular live shows and we do need your engagement, brothers and sisters. Please do engage with us, contact us if you have any suggestions or comments and do join us next week. Inshallah, until then, take care of yourselves. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefmluton.